Welcome to the internet, live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah, and an undisclosed location somewhere in the Logan metropolitan area, this is the Redline Podcast. I'm your host, quote, perpetually obsessing over UTA ridership numbers, unquote, Dunstan, and these are my co-hosts... Kyle, O-O-O-Obama, Holland, and... Alex Joe Biden Fielder. Today we're talking about one that of the... That would be Joe Robinette Biden. Sorry. Oh yeah, sorry about that. Can't disrespect him. Thank you. Um, today we're talking about one of the... ...unlikeliest success stories in US transit history. Phoenix Valley Metro Light Rail. Just how did the transit oasis in the middle of the world's largest suburban desert appear? Find out after the news. Hey, why isn't Tracks called Valley Metro Light Rail? Trax was almost called Metro. Well, but the Valley part in particular. Because Valley Metro is the name of their transit system, and our transit system is called the Utah Transit Authority. Because we should have called it Valley Metro, because that's really the only areas it serves. Okay. And then Fair. we can have the same name as every other transit agency. Yeah, that's what we really want, is nothing to distinguish us from anyone else ever. That would be bad. <laughs> Metro subway link in the meantime. I mean, at least they tried to be different, right? <laughs> Caltrain's board of directors has finally released their plan for post-electrification service. The Peninsula Railroad will now run 104 electro trains per day, with five trains per hour during peak service. The electrification plan is also expected to yield significant time savings benefits, cutting express trips from San Jose to San Francisco to a mere 60 minutes in length, and shaving nearly a half hour off local trips. Daytime service is expected to begin every 30 minutes, with provisions for future service upgrades. Overall, this represents a massive improvement for Caltrain riders at a relatively reasonable service cost. That's brilliant. Wow. You know, electrification, I know. There's no reason not to do it, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to cut, like, because right now, right, getting from San Jose to San Francisco on a local train is almost like two hours. And so it's going to be only like 75 minutes, so just like an hour and 15, which is not bad. And that's on a local train. And the express is 60. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Which is currently like 90 minutes. So. Now, if only the high-speed rail project would be the same thing for Metrolink. Interesting concept, except Metrolink is dumb and stupid. And it wants to stay that way, more importantly. (laughs) True fact. Look it up, kids. Okay, this has been the news. Do, 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 do. 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 Okay, so I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. This is listeners and co-hosts, and imagine this, right? So you're driving through the endless suburban nightmare that is the Phoenix metropolitan area. You've spent hours in seemingly a never-ending traffic on a practically infinite array of freeways and eight-lane service highways. It's 110 degrees because, for some reason, the U.S. decided to build one of its largest metro areas in the middle of one of its hottest deserts. Then, out of nowhere, you see it. A three-car light rail train passes right in front of you as you're stopped at a stoplight like a mirage in the desert. It's Valley Metro Light Rail. You're saved. You make a beeline for the nearest park and ride, and off you go, riding on one of the world's unlikeliest transit systems. Isn't that a nice thought? Yeah, good fan fiction. Yeah. Good fan fiction for Valley Metro Rail. So, I think we can all agree that Phoenix is not what anyone would call an urbanist city. 
Uh, it's roughly, you know, four and a half million residents live almost exclusively in a massive homogenate of urban sprawl. And it experienced almost all its growth after the advent of the automobile-centric planning model, meaning that there is basically no, like, good pre-war urban fabric or whatever. So, like Orlando with less water. Like Orlando, but with no water. Yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. <laughs> and no bright line. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that's also kind of important. No bright line yet. So true. Oh, yeah. Actually, no, I don't think that Brightline wants to build that line. That's... No Amtrak Electric Inner City yet. Yeah. Yet. Soon. Yeah. 200 and... That one actually is meant to be one of the better light rail... Cor- or not light rail. Um, yeah, let's build light rail. I mean, oh with God. LA, let's build light rail all the way from Phoenix to Los Angeles. They would. Yeah, um, is that on their latest corridor study? The Yes, yes. It's like... One of the best ones is Phoenix cool. to L.A. Because it can be built, like, super fast, super cheap, and serve, like, a billion riders. So, cool. Yeah. Um, Phoenix, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even avid drivers, like several members of my family, hate Phoenix because it's really just an ugly place. That's what Endless Sprawl in the Desert does, I guess. But aren't low-density suburbs supposed to be the best places to drive? Well, they're a great place to drive, but it's ugly and hideous everywhere. Oh, you mean in order to make a great place, you need more than just roads? You need the place? Very true. So true. What a novel so idea. Nasty. I know. It's something I never would have thought of. Having a place to go to, not just the go to. <laughs> yeah. As we learned in Park City the other day, <laughs> it turns out lifestyle centers do not make up for having like an actual cute downtown or whatever. Kimball Junction be like. Yeah. So, despite this, Valley Metro, Phoenix's transit operator, has managed to create a really passable system of buses, as well as a burgeoning light rail system that has a surprisingly good rate of usage, although not the best speed. It's light rail. What did you expect? Okay, but people build fast light rail. We have have fast light rail. Oh, okay. How slow are we talking? Uh, It averages 20. Tracks even. average is 24. There is no even. It's all street running. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty decent for all street running. I know, but also, it's all street running. Do they not have any rail corridors? Right, because this was built after the olden days. There are no heritage rail corridors to reuse. And it's apparently really, really easy to design freeways and, ar- and car arteri- arterials into greenfield suburban development, but physically impossible to design rail corridors in. Correct. Why exactly? Um, you'll hear about this on episode 160. Five. 165. Thank you. You don't, you're messing up my forward planning already. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but believe it or not, before it was a massive, you know, auto-centric megalopolis, Phoenix started out as a streetcar town. In its early days, the city was just a small desert watering hole surrounded by an unlikely desert oasis. Which is probably the way it should have stayed. Probably. (laughs) Something, something, lack of water, something, something. At least Salt Lake, despite being in the middle of nowhere, is in an actually habitable area. Phoenix could have been like Santa Fe, but they chose the Satan's path instead. Yeah, be like Santa Fe. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, The first mule-drawn streetcars appeared in 1887, and by 1927, the city had bought out the various streetcar companies to create a single municipal system. That's pretty early. Yes, it is. Did they buy it out because it was collapsing, or did they buy it out because, woo, make it better? It was collapsing. 
That's pretty early. It's always collapsing. Yeah. <laughs> this system lasted only until uh, 1948 when the city scrapped the last of the streetcar lines in favor of buses. It does mean, though, that Phoenix was a relatively early adopter of the munis- municipally owned transit system. Most cities wouldn't get around to municipalizing slash countyizing slash statizing their transit systems until the 70s or 80s. Slash quasi-independent multi-county authority that should really be a state a- agency but isn't because the state's useless. Yes. Not sandwich. <laughs> this did mean, though, that Phoenix was without any higher order transit as the 50s, 60s, and 70s wore on and the traffic mounted, despite massive freeway expansion, that some visionary Phoenix planners had rail on their mind. Freeways creating traffic be like... So true. Me when I'm within a mile of a freeway exit. So kind of a little known fact about Phoenix is that it almost had a metro system. Back in the day when everybody was getting metro systems? Yeah, so uh, other cities around the country had started building metros. D.C., Atlanta, San Francisco, and light rail. San Diego, Calgary, and Portland. And it seemed to be working well for them. But the city that caught Phoenician, and that is the denonym, I looked it up, <laughs> Phoenician planner's attention. It's that's weird, awesome. right? That's, like Phoenician awesome. is like ancient ancient Mediterranean mariners, but... Reduce, reuse, recycle, am I right? I don't know if it's super appropriate given that Phoenix is the furthest possible thing from like ocean. <laughs> hey, I like poking fun at their lack of water. Continue. Um, the city that caught Phoenician planner's attention was... Vancouver, home of the fabulous SkyTrain system, which had just made its debut a couple years earlier. It was a similar size to Phoenix and had a transit system that was miles and away more advanced than any in a North American city of its size. The Valley's Transportation Board even hired the person who had headed the design team for the original SkyTrain system to map out their lines. They were true fanboys slash fangirls. I'm sure there was like one token woman on the the planning board at this point. Biden's fan, they, them. Correct. Creating transit systems. This is this is what all the uh, all the uh, transit YouTubers want to do is just uh, make real transit systems. Transit? I think you mean transit. Is this why we can't have it in Insert City? Correct. Okay. Because then the woke agenda will take over. All the woke they them transit users. Yep. That sounds about right. <laughs> Alex is. Coming out as a woke they them transit user. Yeah. yeah. Bart will turn you gay. Did you know that? It's true. I rode Bart and now I'm gay. Whoa. <laughs> That's definitely the order those things happened in. Pretty cool. <laughs> so they plan to bundle it with an ongoing bond measure to build more freeways, hopefully attacking massive congestion problems from multiple angles. The 107, the 107 miles of light metro came with a hefty price tag, but proponents were confident it would pass if bundled with the freeways. Then, uh, continuing and reoccurring enemy of the pod, the Republican Party got involved and split the two bond measures, making Valtrans a much bigger pill to swallow. Hmm. Gotta remember, this is the Ronald Reagan era Republican Party. They don't like metros. So... The $8.5 billion measure 300 was voted down by almost 2 to 1, while voters passed the freeway measure. The Great. Fe- the Phoenix Metro that almost was never came to be. And the freeway measure worked. It solved all their problems, and now transportation is great in the Phoenix Metro area. 
No comment. Do, do you know how much the measure was for the freeways? Uh, like a similar amount, I believe. Awesome. Yeah, more freeways. More freedom. Has ways. anybody ever, like... Oh, yeah, True. freedom ways. Is That's any- what the free and freeways stands for, freedom. <laughs> yep, that's the correct etymology. Has any ever anybody ever like? I think you mean entomology, the study of insects, <laughs> <laughs> which is much better than etymology, yep. the study of the origins of words. Let me go study. Let me go summon entomology man real quick. <laughs> what does he do? Hit you over the head when you confuse etymology and entomology? Probably. Um, has anybody ever like thought to sit around and do a cost-benefit analysis on bond measures like this? Like, for $8.5 billion, how many passenger miles can we do with the light rail versus with the freeway expansion? That, no. Do because we just, that would be dumb. Do we just not do these? Mostly, yes. Okay. <laughs> Highway planners don't actually care about capacity. Even though they pretend to care in the sense capacity. that they claim that you always need more of it. Yeah, but not more of it in the most effective way to build it. Yeah. Because, you know, a good, a good light metro system like the one they would have built can carry on a single line, like, two freeways worth of people per direction per hour. But... And especially because this... I don't know very much about this freeway package, but it sounds like it was a... Uh, expand and grow an existing freeway network sort of thing. Because, like, you do a new Greenfield freeway, two lanes each way. It's actually a pretty great return on investment for capacity. But once you start getting into the four and six lanes each way, the amount of capacity you get per money goes down drastically. This is true. So I just want to, like, think about for a second how different Phoenix might be today if they had chosen to build a light metro system. Like, Vancouver was a pretty sprawling city, too, at the time, with burgeoning freeway expansions and suburban development galore. And now it's one of the most urbanist cities in America. Uh, Even the suburbs build, like, massive condo towers and skyscrapers next to SkyTrain stations. So get it, Sky Train, Skyscraper. Is that why it's called Sky Train? Because it goes by the skyscrapers. It's because it's exclusively elevated, and they needed a catchy name. Except for the part where it's not exclusively elevated. It is exclusively elevated. Oh, did they not end up building that tunnel segment? They're still working on it. Oh, okay. So it's currently exclusively. <laughs> currently elevated. exclusively elevated. Someday the name Sky Train will be alive, but not yet. Well, the New York <laughs> subway. <laughs> Yeah, the way to get subs to all their you know, <laughs> to all their doms around the New York <laughs> metropolitan area, the subway <laughs> transporting in. your BDSM needs since eighteen ninety eight or whatever. Man, the woke left has been busy. The woke left has been busy. <laughs> so you know there is like an, a weird alternate timeline wherein Phoenix is like an extreme likely urbanist utopia still hot and without water but it'd be nicer and better for the environment i mean but if it wasn't so sprawling the water would not be a problem that is true <laughs> because the closer you put people together the less the water, more water per, efficient they are yeah less water per capita a huge I, stretch save I'm a lot on landscaping too i'm still not convinced it would be the same as vancouver in terms of urbanism like at all i imagine they still would have spooled a ton but maybe a tiny bit less, and maybe... It, it would be better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least. 
Because, like, and I'm not sure I agree with you, because, like, everyone was doing sprawl then. Like, even the cities that we now consider to be, like, super urbanist and stuff, when this measure was around, like, only Portland basically had started, like, actually constraining sprawl legally. And so, I don't know. It, it could have, like, changed things a lot, although you are probably right. Back when sprawl was, was cool. But anyway, look at the fun little map I have here of the Valtrans proposed system map. It's fun. We'll put it up on screen. I love the green line. That's my <laughs> favorite one in the spectrum. I know. It's so just, like, extremely straight. And the yellow line as well. The blue line just has to, like, curve around some, like, is that like a military base or college campus or something? Uh, that would be a mountain. Oh, that would do it. Hmm. Um... Meanwhile, the red line. The red line is actually just the current alignment of Phoenix's light rail system. Oh. <laughs> so. That's funny. That is quite funny, yes. That they just ended up building it, but worse. So. I like the triangle glued onto the side of a square thing they got going. That's kind of a fun transfer arrangement. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so, my next section is titled, Light Rail Gets Rolling. Very good title, I think. So with Valtrans defeated, planners turned their eyes to other, less expensive propositions. They still knew that Phoenix would someday need higher-order transit, so planning soon began on a measure that would to build conventional light rail for the valley. Woohoo, let's build a slower and lower capacity system. Thumbs up. Because high-quality infrastructure is only for cars. Correct. <laughs> Who needs great separation when you can go, you know, 35 miles an hour for 30 miles? <laughs> great. Um, so in 1993, the regional transit provider, the legislature had given state residents the ability to create regional transit systems for themselves in 1985, just after the Valtrans flop, was renamed Valley Metro, giving it the name it has today. Over the next 10 years, Valley residents reneged on their earlier course and voted in sequence, Tempe, Mesa, then Phoenix, and then the whole valley, to fund bus improvements and explore building a light rail system. A measure passed in 2000 also allowed Valley Metro to officially begin working on a light rail project called the 2000 Regional Transit Plan, which included a whole light rail system as well as additional bus improvements. Do we know why this was so successful? Was it because it's a lot cheaper? Was it because they voted locally instead of at the state level? Political changes. And the bond was not at the state level. The bond was at, like, the... So, so as the, you know... 1985, Arizona is a red state. Uh-huh. Red state, like okay. Idaho red. But as Phoenix keeps, like, growing really rapidly, urbanization tends to turn places a lot more democratic. Something, something, taxes, fund services. Right, and so as we get into the 90s and the 2000s, suddenly, you know, Arizona as a whole is still pretty Republican, but the Phoenix metro area is looking quite blue. Gotcha. And that trend continued until today when Arizona is probably going to become a solid blue state in the next few election cycles. And then when they go ahead and vote locally on all these funding measures, which are also smaller and easier to swallow. Yeah. So the routes will be to be the same as the original Valtrans lines, but at a much more affordable cost using light rail. It would cost $1.4 billion to build the original starter line, or just over $70 million per mile. Which I'll note is pretty similar to the uh, cost of light metro. Yes, but later, so money is worth less. How much less? 
Huh, what were the... 85 versus 2005. I'm going to bet you it's not that bad, but... With Valtrans, they probably should have just tried funding the first line, and they might have got it, but... I don't know. Probably, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's almost factor of two difference. Yeah, so... All right. Fairly, fairly more expensive. Still probably would have been worth it to invest in the light metro. Maybe. So, construction began in 2005, and the 20 miles of median running, running light rail was completed from North Phoenix to Mesa in 2008. It was a smash hit, exceeding ridership forecasts and spurring excitement for future extensions, which would happen soon. The line would be further extended to Central Mesa in 2016 and further to the Northwest in 2016 and 2019. Cool. Who, who yeah. expects uh, ridership forecasts to be exceeded? That's never happened before. <laughs> Except on every time anyone opens anything light rail related most of the time. Yeah. Wow, people like trains. Like, the only, like, really terribly underperforming light rail expansion I can think of on the West Coast is the TriMet Orange Line. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the S Line, but... Isn't the Orange Line supposed to be good once they finish building it farther south? No. Oh. Because it's slow for no reason. Even Why is though it I slow? Because TriMet likes building, doesn't think that speed matters. Right, I, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one. You've ridden the yellow line. You know their opinion on speed. You've seen their acceleration. Ridden any of the lines. I don't know. The west side was pretty fast. Yeah. West side was maybe faster than our light rail, to be honest with you. Maybe. But, anyway. Alex, you want to do this bit? Sure. Um, well, today, the 30-mile system takes just under 90 minutes to ride end-to-end -end and carried about 50,000 riders before the pandemic. About thirty. That's quite good ridership per mile, I will say. Yeah. Like compared to even like tracks, that's significantly better per mile. So, get owned UTA should be more like Valley Valley Metro. Yeah. Uh, it has a fare box recovery as high as forty five percent and has carried more than eighty thousand riders in a single day during the Super Bowl last year, which is insane. Yeah. Hi. On one line. Yeah. Uh, and Tempe, is it Tempe? Tempe? I think it's Tempe. Tempe? Tempe, Tempe, Tempe maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But Tempe opened a feeder streetcar near Arizona State University this summer, which... I'm sorry, recovered. a feeder streetcar? Yeah, it's just like two miles and it connects to two different stations on both ends. It mostly goes through Arizona State University, so the idea is... Why don't Students. they extend the line? Because the line already passes through the area. Mm. So, like, it hits two stations in the middle of the line and then runs through the university so students can, like, get to and from the line on a streetcar. Fancy. Did the streetcar get a lot of ridership? I, I don't remember from when we covered that. It didn't when it opened, but it's very much like a student-focused line, and it opened in the summer, so I actually would <laughs> want to check back and see in a couple months like what the data has been for the first year of school operations. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's fair. It'll, it'll beat the S line for sure. Oh, I'm sure. Easy. <laughs> Given that Arizona State University is the largest university in the United States in that's, terms of student population. Damn. That still blows my mind. 
Yeah, it's getting extended further south to uh, South Phoenix and a small downtown extension. Both lays track for a future extension uh, further to the west. So it's gonna there's gonna be like a little mini cross downtown where they'll have a new station. It'll be cool. They're also gonna move to two line operations and it'll open early next year. Wow. And then there were, until very recently, plans to extend much further west to the Arizona State Capitol, which the state legislature has blocked. Do they not want trains to their own workplace? They think it's dangerous and they... bad. Do they think a poor person might get close to their representative? Yeah, and Republicans don't like that sort of thing. And you have to remember that although it's now a Democratic state, it still has a gerrymandered Republican legislature. The state is worried about poor people getting vaguely near their fancy high-security building. Correct. So they passed the thing that doesn't allow it to come within, like, 300 feet of the state capitol or something, which means that they have to look into a whole new alignment for it. That's incredibly stupid. Uh Uh-huh. You think if someone wanted to hurt, like, a senator or someone in the capitol, they would walk from the station. They wouldn't just be like, oh, we're, we just got off a station super close to the capital. Let's commit this crime. They're going to go out of their way to do it. Also, like, I kind of, like, dispute the idea that anyone is taking light rail to attack, like, senators. Like, these, like at the Capitol riots, I will bet you anything that the vast majority of those people drove, drove into downtown D.C. and did not take the metro. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So uh, there's also other planned extensions. You can see on the little map here that they basically want to recreate Valtrans. Except slow. Except more hard worse. Turns. Yeah. So, you know, that's good, I guess. I guess. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I want to note before we leave, uh, Phoenix has pretty good buses as well, if you look at the little map here. Uh, it's basically the epitome. Epitome. Basically the epitome of effective use of large suburban grids. And that they ran the buses in a grid, too. Yeah, it's also one of the reasons why Phoenix's light rail has such high ridership, because every single station is located on the street, and every single station thereby has a an intersecting bus route that feeds into it. That's kind of even like level-up intersecting bus route, because you can get fast connections either way. None of that pittering around and spending like three minutes winding into the bus loop. Correct. Sitting there all year. Cough, cough, 35, 33. Yeah. That's an impressive bus grid. And I guess they copied Canada for that too. I think they kind of did. Like, (laughs) I think that Phoenix is in a lot of ways like the most Canadian American transit system. Like, give it, give it some frequency upgrades, and it would be, like, the most Canadian-American transit system. So, uh, anyway, that's all. Oh, they also have a really good mayor right now who wants to, like, do this whole plan to urbanize Phoenix and, like, improve sidewalks and bike lanes and stuff. Nice. So, she's pretty cool. Hype. Uh, that's all I got. Anything anybody else wants to add into the Phoenix? Sounds pretty cool. Weather still sucks, but... Oh my gosh, the weather does suck. It'll melt your car tires, you know that? Therefore, you better ride the light rail. Yeah, except if you go outside to try and walk to the station, you just immediately die. Do they need, like, a pedway for the opposite reason that Chicago has one? They might, honestly. It's bad. 
Great. I, I, I would not live in Phoenix, personally. I imagine the heat Most island effect wouldn't. is terrible. Yeah. I would live in Phoenix, but I would get, like, a vacation home in Calgary for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. So, you know... Oh, oh, and I forgot to mention... Um, so, Phoenix's airport has a SkyTrain, right? Uh-huh. Good one. It does. It's called the Phoenix SkyTrain. <laughs> and so, it will take you... But the funny thing is you can actually ride it to transfer directly to the white rail. So... That's nice. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's that's Phoenix. Pretty good, right? So good, in fact. I'm, I'm looking surprised. forward to... I honestly might go down there for the opening of the new extension next year just because it's not that far, relatively speaking. That'd be cool. Like, that's a drivable distance, I think. So... Yeah. And one day, electric local Amtrak. God willing. <laughs> so... Please remember to like, comment, and subscribe if you're listening on YouTube, and to follow and leave us a rating on iTunes and slash or Spotify. If you like what we do here, you can become a member on Patreon. Patrons receive early access to our regular content, exclusive content as often as we can make it, as well as occasional merch drops, including buttons soon. Yeah, soon. I'll have the correct size hole punch for that shortly, so while we need some designs... Yep. Very cool. Wow, Patreon has a new color scheme. That's so exciting. Uh, if you live in Phoenix, go ride the light rail, or I will hit you with a stick. <laughs> hey. That's all. Okay. Our patron. Speaking of patrons, we have at Super Duper Uber Gloober. Um, say that again because I talked over you and the sound was messed up. Speaking of. Patrons, we have at Super Glooper Uber Duber Electrified Caltrain Frontrunner Tier <laughs> Zach guess. Adams sixty nine point six nine dollars a month. At all those things minus one or two modifiers, we have Generic GT at thirty five dollars. It's only going to be like one kilovolt instead of twenty five. Sure. Uh, at regular Frontrunner Tier ten dollars a month, we have Curtis Herring, Devin Zander, McKay Ransom, Mike Christensen, and Phobos two three nine zero. Thank you all. And at our red line tier, $5 a month, we have Brian Smith, Christopher Whaley, DJ Hi, Will. Watkins, Elijah Kensler, Jacob Whitecotton, Jesse Mayo, Reluctant LA Resident, and Robert P. Walsh. At our blue line tier, $3, we have Alex Dykelski, Ben Busath, Bradley Bondi, Ethan McDonald, Evelyn, G4, Gonza12, John Heron Gorman, Martin Hecker Martinez, Matt Gray, Seth, and Zach Verstappen. Cool team at the Grind Green Line tier, which is basically the closest equivalent we have to Phoenix's light rail in our city. We have Benjamin Wood and Capil or Capel. I I still don't know. That is very true. <laughs> street running, Gober. Good street running. Good street running. Because I will say Phoenix's street running is quite good as far as street running goes. So. Yeah. Anyway. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Bye. See you all on Patreon. Time to go record the Patreon episode. So true.